0: Welcome back to Real Talk with the Pelvic Docs where we talk all the P's of pelvic health, pooping, peeing, pain, pleasure, physical activity and movement and personal development. I may have missed one, but I am your host, Dr. Jocelyn Conley, pelvic floor physical therapist and founder of The Vagina Doc. And today I am talking about prolapse. Today's just a short episode Before I took a break, I was launching podcast shorts and then life got a bit crazy, but I am back and today's podcast short is a food for thought on prolapse. Keep in mind, anything we talk about on the podcast is for information and educational purposes only and is not meant to substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, and treatment. And especially with today's topic, I don't want you to misconstrue that misconstrue that say if you do have symptoms that you know you're that I'm discounting anything you say it's more or less like talking about a, a, a general from from a general sense of fears that women have due to lack of understanding of 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 prolapse. So, I hope you enjoy today's shorts. If you have any questions, Reach out to me either through the podcast platform or follow me on Instagram at the vagina doc. There's a dot between the and vagina, and then pelvic at pelvic, pelvic docs podcasts. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you like it, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified every time a new episode is launched. Enjoy many women that I am seeing or who are reaching out to me express concern that they're making their pr- prolapse worse or they're afraid that they're making their prolapse worse so they're avoiding the activities that they that make them feel good or that they enjoy be, because of that and now I attract I am treat a healthier population and when I say healthy I'm talking about no no extreme disorders like mental health disorders the umbrella includes like eating disorders and all of that now my population do that I mean the people that I'm seeing they do have mild or mild versions of these conditions or they have history as histories of them I' My I myself have mild and I mean, depends on the day. Mild to moderate anxiety. I don't have the traditional disordered eating patterns that you may think of. I almost use if I'm if I am totally like out of body, can go into a disorder disordered eating pattern, meaning that I keep myself so busy that I just don't make time to eat or I use food. I eat so much that it makes me sick and therefore I can't work. But the root of it is related to working and stuff like that. So somewhere in the middle of the road, however, in, in a general sense, a lot of the people that I'm treating are health conscious in a healthy way, if that makes sense there is a, there is something that is like, I don't know if it's traditionally would be categorized underneath OCD or something, but like obsessed with health. I forget what that is called. But anyways, they express this concern. I'm afraid to do this because I'm afraid to make my prolapse worse. But my argument is that I don't believe if you're doing the things that I'm asking you, do, you to do, you're under the guidance of someone like myself, an expert in pelvic and abdominal health, not from a fitness trainer standpoint. While that a person may be present, also having a, a knowledgeable healthcare provider on your team that is guiding you is, I'm referring to that. More than likely, what they are what you guys are working, or what we're working together on. When you're on your own, you are not going to make it worse. And here's why. So I have been, for the last two years, I've been speaking more on the importance of seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist before you become pregnant, because I believe these, I, I I don't just believe, now I don't have any hard science in front of me right now to prove this, and I don't even know if it exists, I don't think it does. It does a little bit in, in the sports world with stress urinary incontinence or leakage with with exertion, but not with prolapse. I believe these things are existing before pregnancy in a lot of these women, and now that I'm seeing more and more women before they become pregnant. I am seeing it now. It's a different type of prolapse that than I then whenever I see someone with who has had kids. It is a different type of prolapse. Sometimes I mean I see. Um, every day is a new day, but. When I'm doing support testing, and I'll say this, on the record, I believe we need to refine how we are examining pelvic organ prolapse. I think our current method of examining it, how we're examining it on the table and even in standing is invalid. It's invalid because basically what we're doing is we are encouraging poor movement strategies and poor pressure management and of course, we're going to find something. In. We're going to find something there. But if, from the get-go, we taught, like in the test, how to do it properly, I think we would get a lot different, a way different picture. So while testing in that way is part of it, it cannot be the whole picture of pelvic organ prolapse because so many women are getting unnecessary surgeries that are having devastating consequences sometimes too soon after other times it's down the road when they need another one and then another one and then another one i was treating a woman who is over 100 years old she's one of my favorite people i've ever met and she had to have over three bladder uh three three prolapse repairs i forget what exactly she had but that is ridiculous now granted a lot of I don't know if we're all gonna live to her age, but nonetheless, these surgeries were way, way earlier, and it was a different time. But back to what I wanted to talk, what we were talking about. I believe this is these pelvic organ support problems are existing before children, having children. And then once you have children, there's just such a shift. Your body is not the same, so you cannot rely on, oh, I feel this way, and it doesn't feel the same as where I felt before. Prolapse symptoms are really like, (laughs) they're, they're interesting, let me just say that. There's heaviness, there's bulging, there's feeling of pressure, there's a feeling of something's falling out, like a tampon, for example. There is like actual feeling something coming, like moving out. There is bowel and bladder symptoms like constant sense of urgency, the, the, the feeling that you can't fully empty your bowel or bladder, uh, prep, prep, like discomfort during intercourse. But some of those symptoms, no, 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 a lot of those symptoms overflow with other things that are not necessarily truly prolapse in a sense of oh we need to repair this because there truly isn't passive support there is the, like the ligaments that are supposed to hold up the organs are, are overstretched so i'll touch on that in right now just really quickly so heaviness can in that sense of pressure can be because of the overactivity in the pelvic floor muscles, because miss not knowing not the person not knowing how to recruit properly, and therefore like their go-to default strategy is just like constantly gripping. Uh, could be, yeah, I mean that one's is a really common one, like overactivity. It could be swelling, so one common thing. I mean people, women, no offense to anyone here, a lot of women freak out after having a baby about prolapse the first week, second week, and I'm like, look, there's swelling there. Think about when you've stubbed your finger or if you've ever had a more substantial injury, like. maybe an, a tear in one of the major ligaments in, in, your, in one of your joints or a significant sprain, maybe even just a charley horse. Think about how that feels. Even think about how, if it's significant enough, like I had, I dislocated one of the smallest joints in my ring finger and four, I kid you not, it was a, three months at least, I had pressure and discomfort in that joint. Three months like that wasn't because there was still inflammation in that joint. So, at, immediately after childbirth, if you have inflammation in there, that could feel like the sense of pressure. Anytime where space is reduced, you can have that sense of fullness or pressure. So, I talked about overactivity or over tightness, I talked about. The swelling. Those are just two examples. Gut issues that, that create the same effect, like congestion in the abdominal wall, can present very similarly as well. And if there's gut inflammation, usually it's not uncommon for the pelvic floor muscle tone to increase to accommodate for the increase, like weight above from the inflammation, if that makes sense. So when the pelvic floor is overactive, that can be whether you had children or not. I've had several cases where I've listened to their history, multiple kids, didn't do much activity between, and um, the initial presentation was, was not support loss. It was, oh my goodness, these tissues are so tight, it can't breathe, so of course it's gonna you a person's gonna have symptoms of which I talked about in the beginning. So just, that's food for thought. I really, I think a lot of women that listen to this podcast are postpartum and you can't go back and get a pelvic floor exam beforehand. But if you do have a sister, have a friend that you can encourage to go see someone beforehand because it's a lot easier to connect it's a lot easier to, it is, yes, it's an expense up front. It's a time, it, it, an expense in time, energy, and financial expense up front. However, you save so much on the back end. I can't even, I cannot stress that enough. So if you had a little bit, and I'll speak to myself, like if I had a baby today or whatever, I'm, I've never had children grade two, from the standard testing procedures, cystic seal, uh, grade one, uh, on the border of grade two, of uh, racticeal. Uh, pre and post, like, if you were to it's there now, so what is that going to look like afterwards? It doesn't, I don't really, unless there was major trauma, immediately, I don't, Yes, I care, but I don't really care too because, of course, there's going to be movement and shifting. But the important thing is, like, I know that just that, like just because it was existing, like it was existing after birth, you didn't know that if what 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 was there before birth, more than likely. So we have no data. We're not studying enough women before having children. So the important thing is learning how to reconnect wherever you are in life, and utilize your body in a variety of different ways, starting from the deep core, like building a foundation from the deep core, and then outward, and recognizing the need to be adaptable when your body goes through different changes. This is, if I'm just explaining this in a different light, It is moving mindfully. Same thing as the new thing of like thinking different, like thinking, being mindful in your thinking patterns. Move, the same thing goes as movement. You can live a conscious life in your movement patterns and how you use your body, or you can be completely out of body or not present. The person that finds a healthy medium, because you can't be too present, we don't want that, but the person that, is open to moving mindfully and using their body respectfully. We're not just like,
1: yeah, we, we have
0: this body, we're meant to move, but I think truly cherishing it is learning all the ins and outs and what it's capable of from an intentional sense. But if you take that approach to your movement and you let go of the aesthetic piece and how quickly you make these changes, I think it's really hard to make things worse. Now there are always exceptions to this rule. I mean in the case of like major birth trauma or major stress, like moving, new job, not having help with with a, something really big and taking everything on your own, like the more stress you have. And then you, if you don't adjust your work, other things in your life, like working out, let's say you're not sleeping, like then you could make it worse. So there's definitely instances where you can make it worse. And that's why I really encourage you to work with, work with a a professional on this, because it took me years, years have my doctorate. I, to to speak on this, I couldn't. And as a as a provider or, or look, or as a consumer of health, I have my own pelvic pelvic PT because we it's harder for us to we can't treat ourselves. I we can do certain things, but it's best to get another person's perspective on this. That it's like yeah, that is an unbiased so. I hope this was helpful. In summary, your prolapse is probably in 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 the case of a lot of people that I work with, the healthy, not not eat terribly, not smoking, not not any of those things. Probably, if you if you were an athlete all your life, especially like an athlete that involved any sort of explosive move, movements, running, sprinting, chances are you had some of that before. Arguably, with it. Is, is it even a problem, like grade one, grade two? I don't have any problems now. I did before when my tissue was so da- darn tight. But my quote, unquote, prolapse is still there, but not symptomatic. So were my symptoms from the prolapse? Is the prolapse even food for thought? Now, not to downplay any prolapse, because I've definitely seen it, and I'm like, OK. This is going to require a different approach. We're going to have to do this, that, or that. But I'm hardly ever concerned about prolapse. And honestly, I've seen a lot of people at this point, every single person I think that I've said they need surgery, I'm like, no, you don't. I can count. That's in my head. I'm like, there's no way. I can count on my hand and probably one hand where maybe two hands. In five, in five years that I've been involved like pretty much very much involved in pelvic health that I am like concerned and I'm like this is definitely the support issue is a problem and these are the combinations we need to make in addition to all the movement things and I've seen a lot of people one hand it's definitely not if I did use two hands it's definitely not more than one or two fingers so I hope that brings some peace, peace of mind, especially if you are a mom that has been told you have prolapse or you've made that determination yourself, which I don't think you should based on just looking at your vulva. That's not a good way to do it, <laughs> but I hope this gives you some peace of mind. So if you do have any questions, please reach out. If you're in the Phoenix area, whether you're working with another person or not, the experience that I provide is very different. It is very complementary to traditional uh, insurance based care, because it's so different. It literally is so different for the most part. Yeah, we do the the, the framework, but it's hard to explain, you just, just gotta experience it. I also provide coaching services. I have, I don't have these like just out because I have not set up the systems to provide a, the stuff on the back end yet for like my online self-guided stuff. I do provide that when needed in the care of who I'm currently wor- or who I work with. So if you're looking for that, you're not going to find it. If you don't follow me on Instagram, follow me at the dot vagina doc and yeah, so if you're out of state out of the country, out of the US. I do provide coaching services. Basically, it's like I provide whatever you want in terms of fitness, education. I teach you all the things that you should have, we should have learned about our bodies at some point of our life, but we never did. And I have to say, coaching has been the most both in a group sense and a one-on-one sense has been the most rewarding thing, even over my clinical care. Not that the clinical care isn't. I absolutely love that, too. That's how awesome my career is. I just love everything, minus the documentation and writing captions on Instagram. So thank you so much for listening. If you want want me to talk about certain topics, reach out send me a message either over the the app or over on Instagram, Facebook. If you're not already part of the private education community, be sure to join that, Pelvic Health Education for Female Athletes and Active Women. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I will see you next time on Real Talk with Pelvic Docs.